Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett. I'm here with Valerie Harkins, Heartbeat International's housing specialist. And we also have Gina Thomas from Maternity Home Consulting. She's also one of the founders of Bethlehem House. And we're excited to um, share some of her wisdom and experience with our listeners today. I know she's worked with the, the housing community quite a bit. So Valerie can tell us a little bit more about that in just a second. Uh, But before we get started, I want to mention that Heartbeat's Online Academy has lots of training resources for those who are working in not just maternity housing ministries, but all pregnancy help organizations. And we're continually adding to that library of training. So topics from leadership to fundraising, client services, volunteer training, all kinds of stuff. Heartbeat Academy is your go-to place for training that is focused directly on the work that you do in your pregnancy help organization. Find out more at heartbeatservices.org slash academy. And with that, Valerie, I'll turn things over to you. I appreciate it, Christine. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is Valerie Harkins, and I am the director of the Maternity Housing Coalition here at Heartbeat International. We are the um, branch of Heartbeat that is dedicated to maternity housing. Uh, We love maternity housing, and so we are focus each day to determining what the needs for maternity homes are, how we can best support them and help them accomplish their mission statements successfully. Uh, So today I am having a conversation with Gina Tomez. And I will tell you, listeners, that what we decided to do was so organic. We were having a conversation just yesterday uh, that was so good that I asked Gina, could we pause and could we have this conversation Uh, and pick it up and record it over this podcast for you. So uh, today we are going to be talking about, as Gina calls it, burn up instead of burn out. Burn up and not burn out. Uh, And I will, we will dive into what that means. I I love thinking about it and Gina's input is rich. So uh, Gina is the founder of Bethlehem House Maternity Home in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, She currently serves on the Leadership Council for the Maternity Housing Coalition. And I am so pleased to say that she is our council member that heads up our research team uh, that is partnered with Notre Dame and the Lab of Economic Opportunity. Uh, So she works with our maternity homes and the research team out of Notre Dame to study the impact of maternity homes nationally on the lives of the residents that we serve and their infants. So I have loved working with Gina. I've worked with her for a couple of years now, primarily through that research team. Uh, And since then, it's just been a joy to pick her brain about many different topics. Uh, So all that to say, Gina, did I sum up that, uh, sum up your work appropriately? Did I miss any big nuggets? Nope. You summed it up perfectly. And Valerie, as a matter of fact, it was almost exactly two years ago when we did our first launch talking about the research. If you remember that, that's right. That yeah, Zoom that's right. presentation. Um, yes. It was exactly October like 26th or something or 27th. So how hard to believe that was two years ago. Time flies. Well, I've uh, I've always enjoyed your your input. You know, Gina. Uh, one of the things that you bring to the table that is unique is you bring uh, empathy uh, 
in a human services field with evidence-based practice, with data and research. And you blend that together in such a rich way that sometimes whenever you get to talking about a subject, I'm just riveted. Like, I just want to keep listening, uh, even if it is something as simple as a community needs assessment, uh, right? When you talk to us about these basic principles and tenets of running a maternity home, uh, your passion and your uh, competency really shines through. So I appreciate you you letting us record our conversation today. Of so course. and thank you for your kind words. That's so sweet of you. I, I feel the exact same way about you. Thank you, Valerie. So yesterday we started on a subject and I want to broach that subject again. Uh, we were talking about the staffing needs of maternity homes, the culture of staffing in maternity homes. And you mentioned this phrase that I would love for you to unpack for us. And you said you, that you were passionate about burn up and not burn out. Uh, what does that mean? What is that? It's almost, I, I, and burnout is, it's talked about a lot, especially in the human services, social work profession. And, you know, I know I'm here in Omaha, Nebraska, and, you know, I'm going to compare it to there's constantly news stories about, you know, the the state of confusion in the the foster care system um, that obviously we all know that that works directly with families and kiddos out of their home environment. And they were, I think the statistics are something like, it's like 1.5 or 2.5 years, there's, there's just constant turnover. So if there is a youth in the foster care system that's been in there for a year to 18 months, they've seen a total of like nine workers. And so it's it's happening everywhere. And so I, I just pay really close attention to what in the heck is going on and what part of this are we missing? And then my favorite thing to do is problem solve. You know, how can we possibly resolve this issue of, of staffing and burnout? And there's a lot to unpack there a lot to unpack there. And in maternity homes where, you know, we're working with, and I compared it to the foster care system, it's a, a totally different entity, of course, and different set of needs and responsibilities, but we're working around the clock with very, very vulnerable women, babies and children in a lot of cases, um, 24-7 in 365 days a year. And I, any time I get to talk about maternity homes, I mentioned that 24, seven, 365 days a year. And when you think about that, you know, compared to any other type of job, I mean, you know, Christmas is happening, um, Easter, you know, all these weekends where if you are associated and work on a maternity home team, you're really uniquely focusing and serving some very, very hard situations around the clock 24-7. Not that you're doing that alone, but it's it's hard stuff. And so we are really, really facing a lot. And as we know, the culture is getting tougher and tougher. So we really need to be prepared. And how do we deal with this? Yeah, I. Um, this is a topic that I hear about often. Um, as you know, it's part of our uh, coalition here, our affiliates of Heartbeat that are our maternity housing affiliates um, have access to cost-free um, consulting, you know, uh, consulting for maternity housing specifically. And it still stuns me 
how often this topic is broached, which, and the topic usually goes something like, how do we find staff? How do we keep staff? Well, and as I unpack that question, um, I find, okay, what, why, what is the cause for not keeping staff? Um, And it's exhaustion, fatigue, emotional burnout, mental burnout, just exhaustion. And I'll say, okay, well, what is the reason uh, that you're finding for not being able to find staff? And then it's similar, being able to find staff that is mentally and emotionally prepared and capable, almost emotionally trained to be able to handle the work. So I I have uh, Holmes talking to me about how it's it takes such a toll on their current staff and then it's getting harder and harder to find staff that are emotionally prepared it really brought to mind this this difference uh and Gina, i'm curious if you've seen this also but this difference between say uh, a worker who works in a corporate uh, arena and maybe they work a corporate job they work nine to five monday through friday and it's a demanding job certainly. Um, However, by nature of their job, it's possible that they might actually be able to emotionally check out of their own life at home, their personal life and what's going on and the the human vulnerabilities that we have of the heart and of the mind and focus on what might be a little bit more black and white mechanical work, right? Uh, right. And then go home and face again, kind of turn those feelings on, so to speak, uh, and face our all of the vulnerabilities that we have as a human. But on the other hand, with ministry and then especially maternity housing, it's quite the opposite. You go into work and you are embracing every human vulnerability, all of the emotions that come along with that. And so rather than checking out for your job, um, even if it is a nine to five, it's almost like checking in, you're turning on. uh, And then on top of that, as you're exposed to hardship, aches, problems, just general vulnerabilities, it never turns off because with housing, uh, it's not as though there are operating hours where the doors close, right? Uh, Even in the moments when you're sleeping, the ministry continues to turn, the problems continue to develop, needs continue to arise. Uh, So, so I've seen, have you noticed that there's a difference there, Gina, with kind of the, the toll that it takes checking into what is uh, an emotionally present position uh, for ministry versus maybe in corporate, where if needed, you could kind of tune out emotionally and get your get your work done for the day. hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head. And, you know, and I always refer to this work as is it's definitely ministry. I mean, we are showing up in a woman's most vulnerable time of life when she's made a very powerful, courageous choice. And and now we're walking with her. And so Um, one of the things that people would ask me is, Gina, when you go home, how do you turn it off? And I'm not a very good, you know, like I didn't want to give them a false narrative and and pretend. And I thought this is such a great opportunity to start now having these conversations. I don't turn it off. And I don't, and I, I know that that's not me. It does. That is not a pretty answer. It doesn't sound good. The listener is already thinking, well, that's not healthy. Well, this is tough stuff. And, and our nation is, this is, I mean, when you, I'm not going to get into politics, we don't want to, but it's, it's clearly one of the most important issues that our nation is 
um, covering today, I think we can all agree with. And maternity homes, to me, and crisis pregnancy centers are in the front and center of it. Like we're on the front lines. And so how how is staff able to continue to thrive and grow and move forward? And so, um, Valerie, just stop me because I don't want to ramble on because I want to actually get to, you know, like what can be done. And I think one of the things that I found helpful, you know, at Bethlehem House for a time is I tried to always um, operate it and run it. It's it's so much like a moving family. I mean, you become so close with, with the residents, the women that live there. You are so entrenched in, you know, really walking with them and creating pathways out of barriers and out of homelessness and poverty and on a pathway to health and wellness and a life that God intended for them, that how do you do that without burning out? And you have to think about it much like a family, but only, you know, really professionally. I'm I'm very, very big on professionally um, trained and equipped staff, because if we're not spending time on training and equipping staff, disaster can strike because there is going to be that, you know, I it kind of all came crashing down on me in a good way when COVID hit. Um, so March 17th, I'm sitting in my car in a grocery store parking lot thinking, okay, we have 12 women. I have babies that are due. I have newborns like, okay, how are we going to do this? And so I remember calling an emergency staff meeting. We met in a grocery store parking lot. Cause if we remember everything was closed, I know I don't want to think about those days, but, um, and I just remember I said, okay, cause we were all, I was big into the last like 10 years trying to be, I call it cross training. So if you have a case manager um, and we had, and we were, uh, we were functioning like um, we have very much of a staffing grid and not live in. Um, so I want to be clear about that, that the model that we ran at Bethlehem house and continues to run is a, a very staffed um, um, professionally staffed uh, model and not with live in. And I think that that, I cannot speak for other communities and nor would I ever because there are maternity homes, I want to be clear, operating all over this nation that are just thriving with that live-in house parent model. But when we started like that, because we started like that, it immediately didn't work because I noticed that they had a hard time detaching by living in the house. And even when they could leave temporarily, it wasn't enough. And they would come back or something would happen. It just, it didn't work for, for us at that time. And so I went right to a staffing model and then cross training every employee so that that case manager, if something, God forbid, we needed somebody to fill in overnights, she could do it without being stressed or being, oh no, you know, I don't know what they're doing. They have very, very clear job responsibilities. And I think what helped us was that empowered us because it kind of was, I, I and I know during COVID, I just remember we got this. So I took our staff and I said, okay, you're going to do 10 hours. I'll do 10 hours. I'll do this 10 hours. You do that 10 hours. And it went like clockwork. And it, it actually made us stronger because we felt more like we were walking together and supporting one another and, and also taking breaks, like we had that downtime and we might've been thinking about it. And that's where we have to do our self-care. And for me, the self-care was my faith life. Like I really needed that deep prayer discernment, um, just time with God and, um, and quiet. And then I would come back, you know, refreshed. And I, I really attributed it 
to a very coordinated staffing model where we could detach and we were taking care of ourselves and that we had enough staff. So you, we had enough staff and then we had really, really great. Um, I want to compliment the funders here in Omaha, just generous donors that really understood that pain a very, very fair wage to those workers because they were on the front lines doing what our nation cares about um, in life um, in light of everything that is being discussed. We were really walking with the women that needed the services the most. And there's nothing more important to me than that and being on the same page and just really supporting one another. So that was a huge help. Um, a, a, a second help was time together. Um, in two areas, both for staff retreats, getting that staff outside of the home or outside of the organization and out of their comfort zone and bringing in somebody that's really going to challenge them and their teamwork to work together because we're also faced with the complexity of case management. You may have a case manager that wants to handle something this way and somebody else sees it totally different. And you have to come together really and serve this family the best way that they deserve to be served. And so there's a lot of opinions and experience, you know, that might be clashing. But at the end of the day, I think because we had that time outside of the house and outside of the organization, we could see the value in the difference of what we even understood. It happened to me all the time. I, I live and breathe everything maternity homes. But when a staff member would point something out to me and said, Gina, have you thought about it this way? Ah, you're right. No, I haven't. And just to being open to really how you are able to serve that, that family and client, I think is, is critical in having, um, we don't always have to respond with, with the perfect answer. Sometimes it's, it's showing up and processing forward and walking together and, and a happy medium kind of sits in the middle or the answer. But I think that that helped. And then I'm going to say for me personally, the conferences. Um, Valerie, I know that the topics being discussed at conferences are amazing. I love them. But I love seeing everybody's faces more. Like just to know, like there are so many maternity homes and crisis pregnancy centers out there. But unless you're actually serving and working in one, it's hard to like, I know here in Omaha, there was one other one. Um, but we didn't collab. I mean, we collaborated by referring residents there, but we didn't really walk together and understand, you know, each other the way, you know, maybe we could have or can in the future. But to have that fellowship to laugh, to tell, to tell um stories of support, to tell, you know, lessons learned with other states and with, oh yes, we've dealt with that. Oh my gosh, we haven't. How did you deal with that? Or you're doing what? was just, I mean, that just fills my heart to know like, oh my goodness, I am so not alone. I am so not alone. I am so a part of this larger nation and community of maternity home leaders that, you know, are experiencing the same exact things that we are. But I think, you know, and I, I always tease people and say, I'm not embarrassed to have a big mouth. We need to even come closer together, lean on each other, rely on each other, not reinvent the wheel and take what's working and what's not working and just continue to support one another and collaborate because there is so much energy um, at, at these conferences. I, I would encourage everybody and anybody to, to go um, if you possibly can, because it really, really um, filled my cup um, 
beyond full and and knowing that there's communities that are launching new maternity homes and are willing to take this brave next step, I think can learn from some of us veterans that are out there is so powerful and beautiful. So we just need to really lift each other up. I couldn't agree more. And I have found very similar experiences that where a time of rejuvenation, but also learning uh, is in that time of communication, but person to person, face to face. Uh, And we definitely have those opportunities digitally. You know, we have a dedicated Facebook group where many ideas are are shared and that's wonderful, but there is just no replacing the in-person time that is spent together. Uh, you know, we have a annual networking, national networking event for maternity homes that takes place at our spring conference um, every year. And it amazes me as we meet together during that time, the ideas and conversations that come out from that time together about how we serve one another. Uh, so certainly agree more. Gina, I want to go backwards just a little bit. And I, I want to go back to kind of put some definitions around burnout or maybe some descriptors. So with everything that you're saying, you know, for someone that's listening that serves within a maternity home, how what could what are some of the things that you've seen individuals, maybe if we would symptoms or indicators of burnout for one. So maybe if we were going to describe it. Uh, for more than, I know you described the house mom a little bit, but for perhaps more than a house mom, executive directors, board members, volunteers, right, that all report experiencing burnout. I, I would love to hear what uh, are some of the characteristics of that. But if you could also describe for us, what are some of the characteristics of burn up, as you call it, right? So help us understand what is burnout? What does that look like? But what does burn up look like? What is what is that? And, and helping us to kind of recognize that in the day-to-day work that we all do. Right. I think a, a good sign of at least what what I have witnessed with burnout was um, short, short fuses, um, maybe witnessing um, um, team members that, you know, we're looking more at the problem because there are so many and barriers um, and they're all different. Like we are serving families that not one looks like the other one. And so you really have a variety of things that you're working on at one time, um, multiple, but I I have witnessed um, very short fuses, like maybe frustration, not certainly like anger or anything to that level, but you can just tell when somebody is feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Or how do we do this? Instead of approaching the, the issue or the barrier with solutions. And that that is what our role is, is to really empathetically, lovingly, uh, professionally walk with each woman um, and really help her with those next steps. And you have to come with your A game and with a grace and a dignity because what is working in these maternity homes and how it links to the Notre Dame research. It's so, it works because it's relationship-based. And if that relationship is getting stressed or toxic or not healthy, it it can be, it can be really um, traumatic inside and affect the whole team. Um, If you have a team member that is just really, really suffering, um, I always noticed that they were struggling mentally and just really having a hard time expressing themselves and maybe doing that through a little bit of frustration is one sign. 
I think another sign is, is just coming at it with more problems um, and feeling overwhelmed. And um, sometimes when I would look at that sign early on, you know, it's important. And I will say this, I, I say it over and over again, that we are working with our nation's most vulnerable families. So you really need proper training. I think proper education and proper experience that fits what is needed in the maternity home. It's almost cruel and not healthy to um, have um, maybe an an inexperienced person trying to function at a high level inside of a maternity home because it is not for the faint of heart. Um, That's just my opinion. I know that there are gazillions, and I mean gazillions because I have them in my life, volunteers that do amazing work. However, um, I go back to that relationship. Um, Typically, we are working with women that when they come to us, they can't name one healthy family support and have been through hell. And we are rebuilding her trust. We are rebuilding her relationship and opportunity to really build that foundation of what parenting and what her life looks like. And that is not easy. And it's done over a great length of time. So I think some of those are signs when you have a team member that needs some help, um, And I always go back to, I know Gallup has a great assessment. Um, We do these at the beginning um, of the year or if we are near hiring. Um, The Berkman assessment is another good one where as a supervisor, um, it will point out like when a person is stressed, these are their stress behaviors. And I think as as a supervisor and as a leader, it's important to know your team because I was able to get ahead of that, take that person, take them out, see what's going on. Is there something going on in their personal life that maybe they need they need some more time or maybe they're really struggling with this one issue and, and we need to come together as a team and support it. But it's critical that you have a pulse on that environment and that culture of love that you are trying to offer the women that you're serving and get ahead of it. But those are some signs. And I'm gonna jump to what are some, what are some signs of... Um, burn up is um, you have to be careful with this too, but I'm a big um, advocate for strategic planning. Pay attention to, you know, what are the needs? You know, um, yearly and quarterly evaluations. um, I still pour over old data. I'm a nerd, um, but it's partly because of the Notre Dame research that made me that way. But there is so much power in um, that information. Like, really look at, you know, what are the demographics of the women you're serving? What were their, what were they coming to us um, from and like and with, and where are they today? And really studying that. And I think um, when you're experiencing some healthy um, staff and teamwork and burn up, you're going to have team members that want more solutions. Like what is that next step? Where do we go from here? Let's look at the last year. What were our gaps? Where did we fall? What were the needs that we really weren't meeting? Um, Some of ours in Omaha, Nebraska, we have um, kind of uh, not the best uh, public transportation. And so I remember the last year I was there, I was like, oh my goodness, we had about 50, well, not 50, probably 25 alumni reported that their cars were like barely drivable. And in Omaha, Nebraska, you need a car to be productive and to parent a child. You cannot rely on the bus system, unfortunately, with inclement weather and because of where housing is. And so it it was immediate. It's like, okay, we need funding for transportation. We need to start investing in vehicles 
for our alumni and for our residents that are ready to, you know, bridge out into the community. And so that um, I, we would have never known that if we didn't have a pulse on where the gaps were and, and going to the experts and helping make those decisions. And I will always say our experts are the families that we serve, are our mommies. They have to have that voice. And we as staff have to trust that and lean on them and nurture that, develop it like leadership and really get them involved as to what does that strategic plan look like. And I think burn up can be really celebratory in what are those next steps and how your organization is growing and strengthening. I talk too much. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just thinking that I hope that someone had like pen and paper and they were writing, writing down notes as they were going along because that was great. Uh, oh, great you. nuggets and info. I think I'll go back and listen to that over time. One of the things that really stood out to me listening to you is um, the impact that emotional mental fatigue has on our approach towards barriers or obstacles. And it's interesting to hear you describe that, you know, whenever we're experiencing burnout, we might actually meet those obstacles with more with addressing more actually piling problems on top of problems on top of problems, Mm -hmm. feeling as though a solution is unreachable. But whenever we're in a place of health, or as you would describe it, burn up um, in our passion, and we're functioning well, professionally that we're naturally have that inclination to meet obstacles with ideas, creativity, solution, thinking outside the box. Um, Also that idea of abundance that God has a solution. He has the resource. What are the ways that we are going to access that? Um, and And that really stands out to me. That's a great nugget, even for myself or whenever I'm meeting with others in regular consultations, uh, to take that as a mental note and kind of listen to self-talk or listen to how I'm describing problems. Uh, and am I describing that with more problems or with potential solutions and letting that be a little flag for me, a little indicator for uh, professional well-being and mental mental well-being? Well, Gina, I am grateful for your time today. Um, If you found benefit in this podcast, um, you can connect with Gina more. She is on our leadership council team, which means that you can have access to her for a a housing consultation through the Maternity Housing Coalition. Uh, Additionally, Gina provides a consultation for maternity homes independently. You can find info for that at maternityhomeconsulting.com. Um, if you are interested in connecting with her or connecting with us or would like support on this subject, please be sure to reach out to us. You can reach me anytime at housing at heartbeatinternational.org. So that's housing at heartbeatinternational.org. Awesome. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gina and Valerie for your time. I think this was a really helpful episode and, and hopefully just what something, something somebody needed to hear uh, to help them in their ministry. So thank you both for your time. Um, I, one thing that Gina had mentioned, and you both talk about conferences and Heartbeats annual conference will be, uh, the registration will be open up here very soon. So I don't have that link just now, but I will include it later in the show notes. So if you're listening to this a little bit after the publishing date, uh, circle back to those show notes below and I'll have the registration link open for that. And again, there's this whole housing 
housing track. There are networking opportunities just for housing. Uh, so it's a great way to get to share those stories with each other and encourage each other and learn from each other. So it's a really cool upcoming opportunity. So uh, with that, thanks everyone for listening and have a great rest of your day and be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. Thank you.